What's the difference between having a mindset where you constantly want more and having a mindset where you're content? Well, here's one difference. The first mindset paves the way into sexual sin, and the second sets up a powerful barrier in your mind against sexual temptation. Now, in America, it's not easy to learn to be content, where everything is screaming at us that we need something more. But with the help of Jesus, we can learn it, and when we do, it will keep us moving forward on the road to freedom. This breaking of this bondage, this yoke of slavery, came through me heeding this call from Jesus, come to me. And it's very simple, and you have to receive it like a child, and just come to him, and let him give you, from what you're dealing with, whatever lust or pull that you might be in, come to him, and he will give you a burden in exchange for that that is light, and it is so powerful the way the Lord can come and bless you when you seek his face. Hey, this is Nate Dancer. You're listening to Purity for Life. In today's episode, Gabriel Gonzalez joins me to talk about contentment and why it played such an important role in his journey into freedom over sexual sin. That's what's coming up. Here we go. All right, so Gabriel Gonzalez is joining me in the studio today. Gabriel, you're a biblical counselor here, both in the residential program and the Overcomers at Home program. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, Okay, so this episode is part of a series that we've been in for quite a while. It's called Key Lessons on the Road to Freedom. And the whole point of the series is for somebody who has genuinely repented Mm. of their old life, sexual sin and everything— They've turned, they're now walking in a new direction. Mm -hmm. But that is a process to walk out the new life, Yeah, right? And so on that pathway toward that freedom, there are key lessons to learn. Yeah. And the key lesson that we want to talk about today is become content with a simple life. Mm -hmm. And I picked you because I've heard you talk a little bit about before you really came to know the Lord, and it sounded like you were kind of pursuing a life of success, mm-hmm. riches, maybe even fame. Yeah. Um, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that was right. Um, so basically, before really coming to know the Lord, I had this deep desire to actually become an attorney. I'm not quite sure where it came from, but I can remember knowing that that title meant something to the culture I was in. And I wanted that for the purpose of wealth, um, the purpose of knowledge, even being able to have more or less the affirmation from my parents. But it was that pursuit that drove me to the university I went to. And that was when I really was exposed to a lot of competition, comparing myself with other people. I actually joined a frat for some time, and that amplified the desire for um, just to be approved in any measure. And the effects of that, to be honest with you, uh, I didn't even see the cost, like what that was having, but I was chasing and chasing and chasing. And the emptiness that I was feeling from that, and by the time I had finished college, I realized... I'm not going to be an attorney. 
I got to a point where my grades and the direction that my life was going were not adding up to this huge goal that I was living for. And I began to change course. And so I began to go down more of an acting, modeling, and uh, wanting to achieve celebrity status. Uh, eventually, that was my goal. I saw that as being something I wanted the most. And it wasn't until later when I encountered a celebrity that really affected me. And I remember when that happened, I was actually traveling to visit my sister in New York. And it was in that time, I have never experienced until that point being so close to someone with such a high status in society. And the moment that I connected with this person and became friends with them and actually communicating via text and very personal, I actually remember feeling something come over me that when I went back to my workplace after encountering this person, it was as if I had reached an elite status. I almost felt like I was elevated above everybody in the place that I was working. And it took a hold of me and it was dramatically affecting my relationships around me, but I had no idea, hmm. you know? Okay, so on the one hand, you had been pursuing something that was now unattainable. Mm -hmm. And in the pursuit of that, mm -hmm. you became very obsessed with elevating yourself above other people, right? Like, I'm comparing myself because I want to show that I'm better than them. And I also want the affirmation of people. Like, you became a total people pleaser in yes. pursuit of that. Yeah, for sure. And then when that goal became unattainable, it's like pivot, and now let's look for some other... Um, other goal that I can achieve, and you started to have a little bit of an inroad, but that created this tremendous arrogance and pride yeah. about yourself, like just egotism, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Um, elevated myself. Um, it was absolutely scary looking back. And just to share, I guess, a little bit of the story even more so there, the um, offer came to me from this guy to move out to L.A. I was coming to a place where I had to choose if I was going to go this path of acting and actually begin to pursue that wholeheartedly. And um, this particular person called me one day and uh, offered me a place in L.A., his house, and said, you're, you're going to end up probably having to work some tables at a restaurant for some time, which I had, I had waited tables, so I didn't think that was a big deal. But he said, um, I'm going to do the best I can to be able to get you into some places where you can audition, but you're going to have to leave everything behind. This is an all-in type of deal. And I remember distinctly hearing that, and I thought about what Jesus said at that time, actually, about forsaking everything and following me. And I can't say I took those two and realized that, okay, that's not the way of the Lord. But what did scare me was leaving my parents. There was, you know, looking back now, I see a lot of the Lord having connected me so tightly with my parents at that time that kept me actually from going down a more dangerous way. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what would have happened if I actually moved out to LA and that would have either turned into something and could have become something and totally lost or, you know, hit the dead end rock bottom and could have been, uh, you know, a bum on the road doing drugs and killed myself. But at that point, I remember responding to him and saying, I can't do that. I'm fearful of actually giving up everything I have. I have a steady job. 
I have relationships, I have people around me. And so I remember turning that away, but I remember being so dissatisfied even still, like what you had mentioned. And so the effects of me pursuing the, you know, attorney, being attorney, being a uh, movie star, these things were never adding up to actually satisfying what was inside of me. And the effects of my pursuit of all these things and still not having what I wanted, it was leaving me at this point a lot further and even more perplexed on what am I living for? Seems like one thing after the next, after the next, not only left me dissatisfied inside, but this curiosity, this wonder of what else was out there. Uh, what else could I get my hands on that was going to be able to please me that I haven't already had? Okay, this is perfect. It's like the perfect setup for what I wanted to ask you about because what I'm hoping to communicate is that the pursuit of things can open the door mm -hmm. for other things that we don't want, mm -hmm. right? Like you're in your case, you were pursuing status, wealth, yeah. fame, what came with that pursuit right. was dissatisfaction, confusion, the, the pride, the arrogance, like those came along with that. Now we're trying to communicate to people who have genuinely repented. So I'm not really thinking about people who are fully given over to the world, yeah. but the thing we wanna communicate is that we have to be very cautious mm -hmm. with what we pursue because along with those pursuits often come things that we don't want. So if you're talking to a person who's on this road to freedom mm -hmm. and you want to help them understand why they should be very cautious about pursuing things like riches or success, how does that relate in terms of leaving them vulnerable to sexual sin? Yeah, well, that's a really good question. You know, um, the direction that that oftentimes leads us into is very deceptive. So it's it's almost like this undertow that doesn't get picked up right away. And um, there's many things that I even see or have seen, even with my walk currently, that other people have been allowed to do, and I don't question that for them. But I know for me, especially as I've mentioned to you, some of the things that I pursued after have gone down because of my life coming out of that. I know that I cannot give myself over to those things. And so now what I would counsel someone who is beginning to repent and beginning to come out of that is to not only be sensitive to what the Lord is putting on their heart about cutting out, but realize that God's after something so much deeper than just removing those things. There was a taking spirit that was inside of me that the worldly lust, like the traveling or the things that seemed right outside, because my heart was in the wrong direction, it led me into further sexual sin because I was in a spirit of lust. I was in a spirit that was constantly in pursuit, a passion for taking, seducing. So I would just counsel somebody that there's a spirit of taking that can come so quickly from wanting or lusting after things that we can avoid by not giving ourselves over to. Okay, good. I, I want to just make sure that people catch what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, so what you're saying is 
before sexual sin entered the picture, mm-hmm. you were already in a spirit of lust. Mm-hmm. Lust for people's attention, yeah. lust for success, lust for money, Absolutely. recognition. So then, okay, I'm already in a spirit of lust, so now let's, like, I don't want to say just add sexual sin in, but when the temptation That's for right. sexual sin comes, I'm, I'm primed, I'm ready for it. Yeah, you have, for, for me, you've got the, all the characteristics of someone that's going to give themselves over to a lot of perversion already, especially in my youth, because I was so, I was looking for anything that could satisfy me. Okay, so then a person who is repenting mm-hmm. and in the process of repentance, it sounds like what you're saying is, hey, we got to watch for this back door. Yeah. Which is that if you start to set your heart on money or wealth or success, mm-hmm. there's going to be potentially something happening in your heart that makes you, again, vulnerable when that sexual temptation comes in. So you got to be on guard. It's like you got to be on guard against this thing over here because this thing over here leaves you vulnerable to this thing over here. Yeah, absolutely. And I would like to add on to that too. Some of the telltale signs that I would have never picked up before until, you know, coming into the faith and looking back. And I think that this is why this can be helpful is because I've walked out of some of these things is the undertow, like the quickness and frustration I had or the anger that even um, could have been something as simple as a friend or a neighbor maybe not doing what I asked them to do, or there being something that is so slight, even the offense of someone's look, those are some telltale signs that something's wrong with my heart. And I'm pro- like, I remember, or I can at least look back and say there was covetousness there and there was a frustration for not having what I wanted. There was an undertow of anger, but I never would have been able to tell you that. Inside, I, if they would have looked in a little bit into my heart, I lived in fear. Um, a lot of this pursuit of wealth and money and fame left me with this fear of losing things. So whether it was the attention of others or the finances to stay secure, the very thing I was chasing after actually was tightening in greater, greater depth the bondage I was in. Mm. I lived in that and really um, felt constrained but couldn't actually figure out what was going on, like mm-hmm. why I felt the way I did until I'm looking back now and I'm like, that man, I was, I was so, con- I was a control freak because of the things I was chasing after, leaving me so dissatisfied. Mm. Yeah. So I, that makes sense then. Hearing your testimony, mm-hmm. right? Not that our experience validates God's word, but right. hearing your testimony, it's like, wow. This is why the Lord talks to us very honestly Mm. about the danger of pursuing wealth, right? Yeah. Pursuing riches or or whatever. Um, Okay, so now obviously money is not in itself evil. So if if someone said, okay, I'm I'm coming out of this old life and I want to know how God wants me to view money? He, how does he want me to view success? What are the kinds of things that you would, what passages would you take them to? Yeah, and I, thank you for mentioning that, because the Word of God has renewed my mind 
Um, and it is the rock. It's where I go back and without question can know what God's heart is on the matter. A passage that does come to mind um, is in Romans. It's Romans 8, 5 through 9, and it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Um, that verse resonates with me, especially when I'm looking at the pursuit of things that God wants me to pursue. I realize that, okay, if I set my mind to the things that are going to be maybe a fame like we had talked about or money like we had talked about, these things that seem to or they have an appearance that they're going to satisfy, they're going to leave me uh, affirmed and confident in what I'm doing. I'm realizing that God's Word's telling me that if I set my mind to these things, it's going to continue to lead me to death. So in setting my mind to the things of the Spirit, I'm wanting to be able to say, Lord, I want to be meeting those that are in need, whether it's financial or in prayer, or maybe they just need some comfort. Um, I want to be able to also look at the Word of God and ask, Lord, please renew my mind because I have set my mind to so many different things. But setting your mind, and I love this passage because it's affirming me that I am of God. I have been born of the Spirit. When I am able to set my mind on the things of the Spirit, I know this is going to have eternal life behind it. I'm not going to find myself empty or void. Hmm. There's some other passages I'd like to read, too. Yeah. Um, it's in 1 Timothy. It's in chapter 6. And it says, Imagining that godliness is a means of gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, Flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Mm. And I believe that is the call for every believer. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be taking hold of eternity, eternal things. And so for, for me especially, that's where the transformation took place. And as repentance began, I want to encourage anybody that's going through uh, that process where you're finding that you are, you are attracted to the love of attention of people or you are maybe 
in such a way bondage to money that you are you can't get out of it. You got maybe a debt or you're just in a career where you're locked in. Give yourself over to the study of the word of God and allow your mind to be renewed and trust that God as you cry out to him as you cry out to him assuredly as he has had mercy on me he will have mercy on you. Mm. God will take you and make you a servant so that you are able to say, I'm fighting the good fight of faith, and I'm looking forward to the things that God has for me in eternity. Mm. Yeah, what I heard in both of those passages was that it's it's not about, is it a sin to have this? thing is it a sin to have this job mm-hmm. you know is it wrong like where we sometimes we want to like where's the line yeah. what i heard in that is that it's not about the particulars it's about what is your pursuit right where am i setting my mind yeah do i set my mind on the the temporal things the things of the flesh the things of the world do i set my mind on the things of the spirit am i in pursuit of wealth or am i pursuing righteousness, godliness, purity, faith, those kinds of things. Where, What's driving me, right? Because when the drive is toward godliness, mm-hmm. then it, the Lord will help you sort out the, yeah. the particulars. It's very simple. It's not overly complicated, and it's not trying to get all my ducks in a row. I do believe that the Lord maybe in an act of mercy, may in chastisement remove things. But at the same time, this type of of godliness, you know, it reminds me of coming under leadership, of being in a body, being in the church. And when I was outside of the faith, I was on my own. So I could, I was in pursuit of everything. And so when I'm now in the faith and I'm in in the body of Christ, there's leadership, there's authority over me. And I would encourage anybody that is struggling with this pursuit, go and talk to your pastor, go and talk to someone that you can trust, and get their input on things, even the things that you think are are very mundane, to even the job that you maybe want to be changing from. But getting someone else's input, opening yourself up to counsel and discipleship and even the areas that you're saying, I feel like I have the right to choose this job or I want to go and buy this vehicle. Now in the faith, I have this comfort. It is a peace Um, and it is a godly life to be able to be in the body, to go to people that are over you in leadership and submit yourself to them. Get their input, get their advice on some things that are either major decisions, like I'd mentioned, or even small ones, things that um, you're just not sure about. And I, I believe that the Lord will draw near. He's going to honor you because it's humbling yourself to get the input of other people and trust what their input is that the Lord's going to provide for you through that. Mm. Yeah. And that's really good because what you're talking about is just putting up a barrier in between you and sort of like a protective barrier in between you and that, I don't know, that spirit of lust, right? Because the world is just in lust Mm. and we're vulnerable to that. I mean, it's also inside of us. And, but when that, when the spirit that's out there of lust 
makes a connection with the lusts that are in our hearts, yeah. that is a powerful link. Yeah. And we can be drug around by that lust. And you're just trying to give people um, like some wisdom on how not to be led back into that spirit of lust because it's exhausting, it's draining, there's no satisfaction. Right. Absolutely. And it's it's a terrible bondage to have that constant pull. And just to give you a quick, you know, testimony of that, I man, the power of Amazon. <laughs> that's another one where you could sit in front of Amazon.com um, and or you could be on another app, you know, app or website looking to purchase things. And what you're talking about, that powerful pull, um, that compulsion to buy. But having to break away from that, you know, another verse that does come to mind, Nate, is uh, in Matthew 6, it's verses 24 and 25, and it says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Man, what a testimony. Jesus is telling us, you cannot serve two masters. It's an impossibility. And I, I had to come to that conclusion myself that there is no middle area here. The blessed life that he's offering here is to not be anxious about anything. Hmm. That's, that's entrusting him. That's looking to Jesus. And I believe that there is another verse that I would share with someone that is in that bondage, that has no peace. They are full of anxiety right now. Is um, God's heart for you is found in, I believe, Matthew 11. And it's, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I do believe that right now is, it's, an, it's a good time if you're in that type of bondage, if you've been repenting, you're coming out of a lot of sexual sin, but you see, wow, there's a lot of the world now I'm seeing. This is God's heart for you. Come to me. And I would just encourage you, take some time even after you listen to this and get on the floor and seek the Lord in quietness and just cry out to him and ask him to meet you because his, this is what happened for me. This breaking of this bondage, this yoke of slavery came through me heeding this call from Jesus, come to me. And it's very simple and you have to receive it like a child and just come to him and let him give you from what you're what you're dealing with whatever lust or pull that you were talking about that you might be in come to him and he will give you a yoke that is easy he's going to give you a burden in exchange for that that is light and it is mm -hmm. so powerful the way the lord can come and bless you when you seek mm -hmm. his face yeah that's awesome cuz that just really highlights that God, okay, we're talking about become content with a simple life. And what that feels like, mm -hmm. maybe, is that God is trying to take 
everything, mm. right? Like, yeah. I don't want you to have success. I don't want you to have status. I don't want you to have money. I want you to be poor and right. unknown. And like, but what, I mean, think about what we were just talking about. Hmm. I'm going to give you a yoke that's easy. I'm going to give you a burden that's wow. light. Yeah. Well, what kind of yoke have we been under if we're being driven by lust? It's a hard yoke. Yeah. What kind of burden are we under if we're being driven by desires for all of these things right. that don't satisfy? It's yeah. a it's a heavy burden. Yeah. So God, yes, okay, I'm going to take the yoke of that and I'm going to give you a new yoke, but what kind? Mm. A good one. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just that's the other reason that I wanted to have you on is because You've been here at Pure Life. This is not a place where you're going to be recognized by the world. And this isn't a place where you're going to make a lot of money. So you've had to wrestle through, like, can I be content with the kind of life that God is offering me? And I can see that you've found contentment, you know, because there's a lot of spiritual blessing, real Mm. blessings that have come into your life through this. And I just hoped we could end the show by having you talk about some of the things that God has given you Mm -hmm. as you've become content with a simple kind of a life. Yeah. Wow. It's, um, where do you begin? You know, this started with the, the tearing out of the old stony heart and giving me a new one. That is the blessing that I received from the Lord in the very beginning. Um, he's given me the, the heart that can forgive. And so maybe slights, maybe offenses, words that could have been so painful in the past, God's given me a desire now to forgive. The desire for fame, success, um, money, those things, He's given me an eternal perspective. So when it comes to money and the pursuit of other things, if the Lord's not in it, I'm able to recognize that these things are going to be fleeting. God's given me a heart of gratitude. Um, And I would even say to someone that has maybe been struggling with being angry, fearful, been critical, and just is finding themselves in maybe the continued pursuit of things but is kind of angry about it, um, stop pursuing those things and get a pen out and just begin writing things that you're grateful for, how much you're grateful for. Give some perspective behind it, some adjectives behind it of how grateful you are. And things that maybe you would never have thought of will come to mind. And, you know, I've done that exercise plenty of times, and I'm thankful he's blessed me with a heart that can be quickened to be grateful. Mm. Um, And I've been blessed because now when I'm in the Word, He's given me a right understanding of His Word and a hunger for His Word. And I have found Him in the Word. It's become very rich and very uh, nourishing to a life that can only be lived out in Him. Mm. So I'm I'm thankful now that there is a reality to the Word of God, Um, along with many other things about working at Pure Life Ministries, the friendships I have. Um, I have recently been married. Um, I got married back in October. I'm married now for two and a half months. Nate, I have to be honest with you. I would have never, ever guessed I would have been married. I, you know, maybe I've had the desires for it, but like if you would have sat me down and like got my real thoughts on it, I would have been like, there's just no way. 
I'm too this or I'm too that or no one's going to want to end up being with me, etc. all the things. And yet over time, God has prepared me for this woman. And since being married, I have a more rich and more blessed life. And so I can say that the Lord has continued to pour out blessing after blessing. And I'm just excited even to see what he's got ahead. I have no fear that there is destruction, there's terror, there's emptiness, or there's void ahead in my life. Mm. Um, I have confidence that God has and will prosper me, no matter the difficulty, the pain that I have to go through, because I'm, I'm knowing him. I know that that's who he is. He's merciful and he's good. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking about this with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, before we go, I just wanted to remind you again that our 24th annual conference is coming up on May 3rd and 4th. And I especially wanted to let you know a little bit about our pre-conference, which this year we have themed Anchored in Truth, Insight for Marriage and Family. And I think that this pre-conference will be incredibly beneficial for couples because it's going to address two very real challenges that couples are facing in our culture. First, learning how to walk in absolute truth and vulnerability in the marriage. And second, how to protect their children from the very powerful influences in our godless culture. So if you'd like any more information about the conference, please visit conference.purelifeministries.org. We'd love to see you in May. God bless. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.